Welcome to the Beautiful and True Project podcast. This is a place where we talk about beauty and truth, the things that are most important to us, the things that ground us, and the things that uplift us. My guests are not celebrities. They are, in many ways, leading kind of ordinary lives, but they pay extraordinary attention to the world around them, and that makes the difference. Before I get started with today's episode, and it's a great one, first, an apology and an explanation. There was an episode for last week, one in which I talked about how leaning into the beautiful and true for ourselves is a really powerful antidote to fear. And while I believe to my core that this is entirely true, there was a section of the episode where the ideas were half-baked and the execution was ham-handed and it just, it wasn't good. It wasn't beautiful or true, and early last week that was pointed out to me. So I took the posting down and then took about a week to think about things. I have often approached learning something new by jumping in feet first and doing it. My first ever running race was the Honolulu Marathon, if that tells you something. And this is a practice and a philosophy that serves me really well usually, but it does often come with some bumbling, and I fumbled the ball a bit on the last episode. This has always been an experiment, and one that is fundamentally dependent on curiosity and excitement, and treating the subject as both the powerful, life-changing force that it is, and also, simultaneously, being aware of how precious and fragile it can be. And occasionally, I can be a bit of a bull in a china shop, especially when I start to think I really know something. A little knowledge is such a dangerous thing, isn't it? The point is, I needed to sit for a moment and articulate the purpose of this project for myself, and reconnect with humility and a beginner's mindset. It was good and necessary, and not easy. So, I thank you for your patience while I regrouped. I'm going to be re-recording part of last week's episode, the part that I bumbled, and I'll re-release it a bit later. But now, I want to talk about this week's guest. Oh my goodness, you are in for a treat, and I'm almost happy it got a little delayed because it's coming out on election day when there's a lot of anxiety in the air, and this conversation is the antidote to that. Beck Bouchelle is a glorious human being. They're a singer and a burlesque performer, and above all, a person who is fundamentally interested in the world around them. The introduction I use every week describes Beck to a T. There's a Walt Whitman quote that I was turned on to recently by the show Ted Lasso, which, sidebar, if you haven't seen it, you must. It is ten episodes devoted to the beautiful and true, and you will laugh and cry, and possibly your your perspective will shift a little, and even if it doesn't, it will do your heart so much good, so go watch it. But, back to this Whitman quote. Be curious, not judgmental. I think that must be tattooed somewhere on Beck's soul, because they live it, and it's so clear with every word that comes tumbling out. As I was editing this episode, I kept smiling all over again. The conversation left me inspired and uplifted and encouraged. Have I talked about the word encouraged? It comes from French and Latin, and it literally means to put the heart back into someone. This conversation put the heart back into me at a moment when I needed it. And I think it may put the heart back into you. Because Beck's energy and positivity and zest for life is absolutely contagious. I can't wait for you to meet them. Here we go. I was there for two and a half years. And for like the first maybe year and a half, fine, chill. And then like pretty recently I worked, it was a really small place. Uh, and they were, the people were nice. They very much did not 
understand sort of my whole situation. Because um, <laughs> they're all just very like serious attorney people and I'm just not that. Um, but then it just sort of got like weird and I felt like they kind of just didn't like me anymore. So I was like, oh, this is just kind of a weird environment. Uh, and then in like June, uh, it was actually, I was, it was when all the protests were happening. And so there was one that was like a car protest that evening that my roommate and I were going to go to. And we were like, mm -hmm. okay. I was like, oh, I'll just, I'll, you know, tell my boss that I need to leave a little early. Uh, and he's like, actually, like, I was going to talk to you today, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, oh, yikes. And I kind of thought this might be coming. Cause like, I mean, I was doing my job fine, but like, also it's a pandemic and I was stressed and anxious and like probably not doing the best that I could, but so then he's like, yeah, so we're gonna have to let you go. Like, but you know, we've got nothing but good things to say about you. If you ever need a recommendation, you'll be able to get unemployment. So I was like, oh, okay. Um, thank you so much. And I hung up, I knock on my roommate's door. I'm like, guys, we just got laid off. And it was actually like, I was smiling. Like I was pretty happy to be out of that situation. And I come to find out, come to find out later. Um, I had one coworker who was a little bit younger than me, but like she and I were pretty close. Like she was really nice to me. Um, and we were just like little buddies. We sat next to each other and I hadn't heard from her in a little while. And pretty recently she texts me out of nowhere and is like, Hey, how's it going? And she starts telling me that like everything started getting weird after I left and it was just like not a good place to be. So she is at a new job and it's like, but I'd love to like hang out with you sometime. So I was like, Oh, nice. Okay, great. Like, sounds good to me. So that is how that all happened. But that was back in June. So now I'm just kind of chilling, looking for jobs and uh, just like pursuing any little weird creative thing that I would like to try to do with all this. Mm -hmm. So uh, drawing, drawing is one of them. One. Um, today I watched a series where someone was taking an old tiny dollhouse and they were changing it um, and like renovating it so that it was like haunted house. And so they're like painting the walls and the interiors and doing all stuff like this. And so I was like, <laughs> I would love to do that. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, this is 2020. This is like when the news comes up and it's like, oh, an entire cache of mummies was found, found in Egypt. Don't open it. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, yeah, I had this little dollhouse from my, like it was like their kid's dollhouse or something. And the kids had grown up and she was like, it's just been sitting here for years. So I'm going to make it like a creepy, like they made like the bathroom was like Beetlejuice and like the nice. living room like all. And so I was like, I texted my roommate. I was like, so I watched this thing you'll never guess what I now have the huge urge to do. And she's like, hmm, so are we going to just like have a dollhouse now? I was like, maybe. Um, <laughs> but I've also got- Your roommate sounds really cool. She is my best friend in the yeah. world. Uh, we've lived together here for three years and we lived together for three years in college. And we met freshman music theory, sat next to each other. And here we are, best friends. Yeah, nice. Yeah, um, but she is uh, very supportive of all of my antics. <laughs> She's also an earth sign. I'm a water sign. And she is just sort of my grounding <laughs> presence that I need. Because I'm like, I'm going to do this thing. And she's like, all right, let's, uh, let's, let's talk about that. What do you think you want to do? And she's like, let's rein it in. Let's, let's chat. <laughs> uh, this is perfect. Um because I wanted to ask you about astrology because you are so into it. I am. Um, I, I, and I, I, I want to know, I want, I want to know everything. Jeez. I, I feel like I don't even know when it like started that I got in, that I got into it. Cause like, I can remember as far back as like fourth grade, I had a necklace that had like the little cancer mm -hmm. uh, sign on it. And I was like really into it, but I guess probably in the last like five ish years, was when I got more into like, oh, what is a moon sign? And like, what do all of these like other little pieces mean? Um, and it started off as just like, oh, this is fun. It's like, I'm not good at talking to people. And so it was like, oh, this is a fun thing to do like at parties. And I'll be like, oh, what's your sign? And then, but then I was like, there's there's more to it than this. And mm -hmm. um, especially in the first couple of months of quarantine, I read Channing Nicholas's book. It's called You Were Born For This. And it's about like, 
decoding your birth chart. And she mostly talks about like your big three, your sun, your moon, your rising. Um, but it's all about like finding where your planets are and like how to read your birth chart and like the, uh, different traits of each sign and like what they mean when your sun is in Leo, but your moon is in cancer and you know, what exactly that all means. Um, and it's a really cool way for like self-reflection, but it also, I, that's what I say to a lot of like people that don't believe in, I'm like, oh, it's just a cool way to like, you know, self-reflect, but it's fully real. <laughs> when I'm not talking to a skeptic, when it's me and my roommate talking about it, fully real. Um, and it's just really cool. It's also like a really cool way to get to know somebody. Cause like, even if they're like, oh no, I don't know about that. Like sometimes you explain it a little more. It's like, well, it's not just your sun sign. There's all these other factors at play. And sometimes they'll be like, okay, well, yeah, I could see this and that. And I don't know, it's just cool to see when you're talking to someone, like what parts they will like gravitate, gravitate towards and what that tells you about them, what that, like, you know, how you can connect, how you're different, how you're the same. Like uh, my roommate and I actually, we have the same moon sign. We're both Gemini moons. We have the same rising sign. We're both Aries rising. I'm a Cancer and she's a Virgo. And so uh, in this book, there were a lot of uh, kind of discussion, not discussion questions, reflection questions for mm-hmm. each aspect. So there were a couple that go with like, let's take the Gemini moon. And we each answered them so differently, but like, she's very introverted. I'm very extroverted. And like, we spent like a whole morning and there was maybe like four hours where we're just going back and forth of like, oh, well, this is my experience with my Gemini moon. Like when I want to, you know, figure something out, I like to talk it out. But when she wants to figure something out, she's like, I like to sit and think and like process. And so since Gemini is a sign of like communication, that's like, there's like this, these two ends of like, I'm going to sit with myself and think, or I'm going to sit and exchange with other people. It's wonderful. <laughs> um, but it's, it's most of my favorite thing at, at parties. It's sometimes like you instantly make friends because somebody's like, oh, are you talking about it? Let me come over. Or mm-hmm. they're like, eh, I don't want to talk about that. I'm like, okay, well, I know to kind of stay away from you because I don't think we're going to get along super well. Like, not that like if people aren't into astrology, I'm not going to like them. But if people are like openly hostile about how they think astrology is stupid, I'm like, well, that's cool, but I do totally believe in it. <laughs> Well, and I think their hostility says something about them that is exactly. antithetical to the human that you are. Exactly. That's what I mean. Like, yeah, vibe with anybody, like if they don't believe in it or whatever, that's totally chill. But there is some, there's a lot of stuff that's like more, uh, I would say astrology is more of like a feminine thing to be into. And a lot of times you get like, a lot of the times it's men. I know it's not all of them, but a lot of the times it's them that'll be like, oh, that's so stupid. That doesn't mean anything. You know, that's not real. And I'm like, nothing is real. Like, let me just have some fun. Like, I would just like to, let's talk, let's talk about how we process the world and how what we see and hear and touch isn't actually reality. It's all just electrical impulses that are interpreted a second later, a microsecond later by our brains. A hundred percent. We're not actually experiencing any kind of, anyway, But that was a total tangent. Oh no, totally. Like nothing is real. I'm just going to have fun. (laughs) Also don't poop on people's joy. This now that is really the thing. And that is how I know that I'm not going to be friends with somebody because you know, believe what you want. That's fine. But if I'm like having a good time and you're going to come over and tell me like, that's stupid no, I don't need you in my life, like at all. Cause I have dealt with too many people that are like that over the course of my life. Uh, It's just like, okay, if you think it's stupid, you don't have to tell me about it. Cause I'm, I'm gonna enjoy it. The things that I like, people have like made fun of me for it. And so like unlearning that and then claiming this like, well, maybe it is stupid, but I like it. It brings me joy. So I'm actually gonna, I don't care if you think it's stupid. I would like to just exist. What are you going to do with your one precious wildlife? Right? I think I just paraphrased Mary Oliver badly, but but yeah, yeah, that's what you're talking about. You get, I mean, maybe, probably, maybe, who knows, one life. 
yeah. as far as we know for sure, we get one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you can like waste time making people feel bad and yeah. being totally skeptical and cynical of everything. Or you can be like, this is the stuff I like. I'm going to do it. And sorry, haters. Yes. Yes. And actually so much of my experience sort of in quarantine has been like unlearning that, oh, well, other people are going to think this is weird. Because then once you kind of remove all other people from the situation <laughs> and you're just left with you and you, I, I would start doing things and be like, oh, well, some, I'm going to get made fun of for this. And then I'm like, there's no one here. The call is coming from inside the house. Like oh. I internalized the shame. And so I was like, yeah. no, just like cast it off. Like not just about astrology, but like, I don't know, music that I like or like things that I'm into or just like random weird little niche interests. It's like, uh-oh. Haunted dollhouses. Haunted dollhouses, perhaps. For example. Not haunted. not haunted. I do not want any spirits. I would just like it to be kind of like a, a whimsical, spooky manner. See, now I, I just did a video for New Moon Opera, which is coming out, I think tomorrow, uh -huh. I think tomorrow. And um, now I'm like, ooh, videos. I want you to do your haunted, yes. your haunted dollhouse. And I want to make a video of it somehow and turn yes. it into a small, short horror piece. <laughs> MTV, welcome to my crib. It's um, 48 inches high. <laughs> I love it. Um, <laughs> I was going to ask you my, my specific question about astrology, but the thing about these interviews is that we, we start to talk around. Yeah. Like everybody talks around it a little bit. And I'm like, I'm going to ask you what you feel is true about it. And I'm like, no, you already answered it. You didn't use those words specifically, but you already answered it. What I think is like very true about it is that like, sure, not everybody resonates with, let's uh, personally speaking, like, with, with myself or like other people that like really buy into it. Not everything about your sign or whatever you're gonna like fully resonate with, but it is a great tool for self-reflection. And it's also a place like there are negative and positive aspects to every sign, every whatever, but it's, it's inherently like free of judgment. It's like, ah, uh, yes, I, maybe I am a little like over emotional sometimes, but there's good and there's bad in that. And that's like a way to reflect or way to regulate. But the truth of it is, is just like, I don't know, claiming your identity, being able to be like, yes, I see this. I see this in myself. I see this in others. And I, I resonate with that. I feel I am this way. And then, I don't know, you just feel a little bit stronger about yourself. Mm. Ah, I love <laughs> it. Because there's all kinds of ways to do that. I, I mean, astrology is one. But then I think about all the people who are really into their Myers-Briggs yes. persona. Yes. Oh, you know, I'm an INFJ. Yes. I'm like, okay, yeah, all right. Yep. I mean, it was made up by a couple of a mother and a daughter, I think, who didn't know what they were doing. But sure, <laughs> why not? Does it give you? Yeah, right? It's just sort of, I feel similarly about astrology that I do tarot. Um, because both of those things I very much believe in. And like, base, I don't, I don't mean to be like, I base my life around my tarot cards. I don't, but in a little way, <laughs> I do. Um, but it, they're both just ways of taking like the truth that is inside of you and sort of externalizing it, looking at it and being like, oh yeah, like this is how I move forward with myself. This is how I move forward with my life. And you already know the astrology or the tarot cards or whatever you want are just sort of a way to externalize and like really see it. Yes. I have this problem, which is that I'm deeply skeptical. And also I used to read a little tarot. Oh, nice. And it can be real spooky sometimes. Yes. Yes. I have, I, I'm not going to say I've like made major life decisions based on a reading, but I will say that like major life decisions have been kind of confirmed by a reading. So like, perhaps it's a little like alcohol. Alcohol doesn't, make you do anything that you wouldn't have done sober it just makes the chances of you doing it much greater yes yes um it's just sort of like that was a terrible metaphor for a beautiful like thing that you're talking about but <laughs> um I mean this this is kind of a slippery slope to a different question that you asked but um so back in like 2018 
15, it was, yeah, it was right before my 25th birthday. And I like went down to the beach and I brought my tarot cards. And I was like, okay, let's do a little birthday reading. Like, what are we doing next year? And it was basically just saying like, you need to stop just thinking about the things you want to do and you have to actually do them. I was like, yes. Oh, that would probably make my life better. So after that, I was like, well, what are the things that I really want to do? And back when I had first moved here in like 2017, I'd taken like an hour and a half burlesque workshop. And I was like, I had never felt better after I took that. It was like, I just got here. I was like fresh out of grad school and I did this thing. And I was like, whoa, like, I talked about it for weeks afterwards. And I was like, you know what? I have a job now. Like I can afford to like take a, an eight week session of classes. And I was like, this is what we're doing. So I signed up and just like immediately fell in love. It was like, well, it was just like this amazing place where like everybody was so cool and open and just like, you know what? Do whatever you want. And I was also trying to make like the conscious decision of like, you're not going to overthink this. Just like go in, let yourself have this experience and like, don't try to freeze up or make yourself perfect or do whatever. Just go in and just enjoy yourself. And I super did. Um, and then well, like, and, oh well, yeah, hold on. Uh, so grad school was for singing, right? Mm-hmm. Operatic classical singing. Yes. Which is not at all about just be whatever and be free and let go. No, not at all. Um, 180 degrees from that. Yes. And especially like I was sort of in a situation where it was like, all right, you have to be and look and sound like this. And this is how it's it. This is how it is. And at the time I thought that I was fine with that. But if you look at pictures of how I looked in grad school, it is very different from now. Uh, when I started realizing like, maybe I don't have to look just like that. Or maybe I don't have to sing only X, Y, and Z. Like I can kind of do whatever. Um, for, my that- listeners at, for my listeners at home, when, when uh, Beck is talking about, you know, doesn't have to look exactly so, you missed part of the earlier conversation before I started recording. Um, Beck now has very short, very bleached blonde hair and is wearing a black uh, V V-neck t-shirt. And if you want to know kind of what they look like, you should check out the picture of Spike from Buffy. That is just the highest compliment I could ever be paid. <laughs> there we go. Um, but yeah, so it was like, I started taking these classes and I started going to shows and burlesque is like whatever you want it to be is what I started learning because there's some people that are just like sexy like smooth sultry classic there are some people that are like hilariously funny there are some Mm -hmm. people that sing they like it's just it's anything you want and I was like whoa this is if this is performance something I love but like this could be anything And Mm -hmm. so I started, you know, taking more classes and I was like meeting all the people in the classes and it was just like wonderful, wonderful friends, wonderful teachers. And then I just like sort of some of the teachers like started encouraging me like, you're really good at this. Like you should, you know, keep doing this. I was like, okay, nice. Um, And then I started auditioning a couple places and just getting a lot of encouragement. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, as someone who used to be very, very ashamed of their body, like would not leave the house without like multiple pairs of Spanx, full face of makeup, like had to look one way. And then mm. I'm doing burlesque where it's like, you're not hiding anything. We see everything that you're doing and looking the way that I do and moving the way that I move, people were into it. And they were like, mm-hmm. yes, we like, we like this. And I was like, oh, you know what? I think I like this too. And so it was just this like long uh, kind of slippery slide in a good way towards just like doing whatever I want. I then ended up finding like a Broadway burlesque group, which was show tunes and stripping, two of my favorite things. And that just became like my whole deal. And so like my burlesque persona is like a pun on Bernadette Peters. Cause I'm like, mm-hmm. 
it's just hokey. It's showbiz. It's, it's just like, like, cause no one is going to cast me to play, I don't know, the little ingenue girl in like real life. Maybe not no one, but probably that's not my deal. But that is not, that's not your, your classic type. No, no, not at all. But I can throw on a wig and I can throw on like some high heels and a robe and I can just be her because no one's telling me I can't. So mm-hmm. I'm going to do that. I'm going to be Bernadette peepers, right? Exactly. Yes, that's me. Um, but it's, it's just so fun. And it's, it was just like, a that was another like click of the wheel. Of, like you can just kind of do whatever you want. Like there's no like there were some rules, but there's no rules. Like these sort of internal rules I had made for myself were just kind of all coming apart one by one as I started doing. Oh. It was like, all right. And then and this was like, this was a couple of years ago. Yeah, it was a couple yeah. years ago. And then up through pretty recently, um, sadly, I was supposed to do a musical theater burlesque show. I was supposed to headline and it was the week that uh, COVID shutdown happened. I remember that. Yes. So I have a King George costume in my closet that's never seen the light of day. <laughs> but, like King George from Hamilton? Yes. That was going to be the close. And I had Adelaide's Lament for the end of Act One. So those are going to be my two. Which one's Adelaide's Lament? Uh, a person. A person. Could you develop a. I think I did that for a show over quarantine. I did like a virtual musical theater show and I did that one. But King George, that crown is just in the closet collecting dust. <laughs> oh, someday, someday, hopefully. I love it. I love the, the range. It's almost, hmm. I don't know if I actually want to say this, but it's almost, it's almost a, like a version of drag. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Like, like I think about, it, but I mean, the drag queens have a kind of specific kind of hugeness and you do too. But it's, it's different. I can't explain. I can't put my finger on what it is. But the idea that there are all these different ways that your character, Bernadette Pe- Peepers, can live in the world. Like last year, this time, you did David Bowie, right? In Labyrinth? Yes. You did yeah. the Goblin King. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's actually, if we want to keep following this sort of slippery slope downward. Let's it, do it. Downward, because this is a positive thing. But downward is if I'm on a slide. Um, like we're, we're starting to ground. Yes. Yeah. Um, but then like as these wheels are turning and I'm sort of having a lot of fun doing this burlesque thing, which is very, I mean, sometimes I do like boy characters, but for the most part, it's like a very uh, loud expression of femininity for me. Mm-hmm. And then as I'm doing it, it's sort of like, you know, this is fun, but this is like a, this is very much a persona like this. And I've always, like, before, I don't know, last couple of years, I existed as a very, very, very hyper-feminine person all of the time. And then I sort of started shedding that in the last couple of years. And then as I, in my real life, started presenting a little more masculinely, and then I had this outlet for when I wanted to, I could, like, put on the makeup and the wig and whatever. It was like, oh, I'm kind of okay with just letting that part kind of be the persona. Like, mm-hmm. be more of a when I want it situation. And then as I like get more comfortable with this mentality of like, there's no one like making rules for you. Um, I was like, hmm, now gender, that's an interesting little thing to think about. And I remember at the beginning of quarantine, I was having this conversation with my wonderful roommate and um, I was sort of talking to her about it. And I was like, yeah, I'm kind of questioning this. I was, it was kind of questioning it like, before quarantine started. But then once we were in lockdown, it was like, this is thinking about this a lot. And I'm like, hmm, well, I don't know. I do kind of feel this way. And I do feel like my identity is very fluid, is very in the middle. I don't know, but I I can't just like say I'm non-binary. Like I can't just like say that. And she's like, why not? Like, why can you not? I was like, oh, I don't know. Then I realized. (laughs) It was a similar conversation I was having with people a couple of years ago where I was like, I can't, like, I don't want to date men. And I, I don't like, I'm not attracted to men, but I can't just like say I'm a lesbian. And they're like, well, what? Like, why can't you? And I was like, oh my God, I can. And so then I was like, oh, 
I guess I could just say this. Like, there's no like box you have to check off or like a permission slip you have to sign to like be non-binary. So I was like, oh, cool. I could just do whatever I want and just claim this part of myself. And like, cause no one's going to hand me a slip that says, here's your gender, like take it. I just have to sort of. Well, they literally <laughs> do. I mean, they do, but, <laughs> but, but once you're grown or even when you're not, I mean, they do exactly. literally, but it doesn't really mean anything. Exactly. And so I was like, oh, all of these things about myself are true. I'm allowed to like claim this identity. I'm allowed to exist like this. Like I'm not, I don't have to appear before a high council to like solidify this identity. And so it's just, I can probably draw you a straight line from starting burlesque to coming out as non-binary. And there's a few pit stops along the way, but I, they didn't like happen because of each other or they didn't happen exactly one-to-one, but they did kind of happen. Yeah. They weren't, necessarily strictly causal exactly but but one might not have happened without the others yeah yeah one definitely kind of led me towards a path that would make it clear to get to the other Mm -hmm. yeah Hmm. Uh, (laughs) so that's a long answer about who knows where I started talking astrology astrology (laughs) (laughs) you just wound through like all of my questions (laughs) All at once. Oh my goodness. I love it. I, uh, yeah. I, I have that problem because like in college and stuff, when you're writing papers, um, you have to like re- reach a word limit or a word count or whatever. But I feel like I say things, I'm like, all right, yes, this isn't this and this. And I say it like kind of all really quick. I'm like, but I already said what I did. Like, how am I going to write 4,000 words? Like I, I just said my thing. Um, Anyway, all that to say, here we are now, it's October, and I feel much, I feel like a different person than I was in March. I believe that. Yeah. I believe that. You seem, if you don't mind my saying so, and if you do, I'll cut this part out, but you seem more relaxed, more, uh, that, 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 energetic positivity is still there but there was like slightly frenetic quality that is just gone oh my gosh it's it's wild like when you're left to your own thoughts and there's no people around that you have to kind of uh please people pleasing um you kind of go back and you're like oh this part about myself that's not actually very real that's not very true of me and like that sort of like thing that I had going on, like this, this sort of like mania almost that wasn't, that's not true for me. It's just sort of like kind of how I learned to exist in the world. Cause sometimes people would like expect that of me. So I would hype it up. And then now that there's nobody around, I'm like, Oh, I, that's actually not how I would like to exist. Yes. I, that resonates with me very strongly. Um, because when I, when I met you, I, I was thinking, she is so positive and so wonderful. And I think she expects that I expect that of her. You got huh. it. <laughs> okay. I don't, but and you don't have to please me. <laughs> you because, know, let, me, let, me ex- let, me, let me just explain for a second where, where we met. Um, yeah. We met because I was doing a, an, an odd, slightly odd version of Camelot where um, we deliberately we did some several deliberate casting choices to make it resonate for today's office be, office today's what was I trying to say uh, today's world. And one of the choices was we wanted Lancelot to be played by a woman or non-binary person. And um, we cast you. Yeah. And that's how we met. Yes. And you were Awesome. Thanks. I I will definitely like put if there's like a, a line of like the burlesque to coming out as non-binary, Lancelot is a hundred percent like a pit stop on that line. Um because I'm I'm getting much better at like not needing that sort of external validation to like be I I my roommate and I were talking about I was like I have a tendency to sort of work outward in, mm-hmm. but like then I did that and I was like, oh, like 
convincingly, I can kind of like be a masculine person. I can like kind of do this little thing, like this little variance, like, oh, like believably, like people cast me in that. And I was like, huh, mm-hmm. you know, they saw it. Maybe that is actually in me somewhere. Um, I'm getting better about like just knowing it and then living it. But mm-hmm. as a, uh, where I was a year ago, that was like, okay, this, uh, this might be turning some different gears up in here. <laughs> that is so cool. <laughs> I'm glad we could be a pit stop on this journey. Yeah. And uh, you were, you were awesome. I have to tell you, audience, this is uh, the only time in my directing life where I have seen a performer come out opening night, do part of the song. It was, um, uh, oh, uh, it was Same Moi. It was Same Moi. Came out, did this little bit that we had rehearsed that I, I knew was going to be funny, but you know. I was like, it'll be fine. It'll be a little bit funny. You did it. And the audience lost their minds. 90 seconds, 90 seconds of cheering and applauding. And every time you started to go on, you just make this little shift of, in your body. It's like, I'm thinking about going on, but maybe I'll just wait for you to applaud some more. And then they did. It was brilliant. And that, that has to be partially. Well, no, it doesn't have to be. It could there are all kinds of things that could be, but then suddenly I'm linking it directly to the burlesque training. A hundred percent. Yeah. Oh my because before I started doing burlesque, there was, I mean, even up through the beginnings of it, like there was no momentary stop or hold or, or like slowing down enough to allow that to even happen. It was like, okay, I'm gonna get through this number. Boom. Uh, and but burlesque is entirely about, demand not just demanding but uh owning the fact that yes you should pay attention to me yeah and if i if i stand here and just look at you for three minutes and then walk off stage you're lucky to have seen that yes yes absolutely um no that moment like top five moments of the past couple years like that was that was wild sometimes when i'm like very sad i like remember that i was like that was cool that was cool (laughs) that's one of my top five (laughs) probably in the top 10 it was (laughs) astonishingly wonderful yeah that was that was very cool um (laughs) anyway but yeah I also I have a friend from the office that I worked at uh and a bunch of people from that office came to see Camelot and I'm fairly certain it's just because this guy has forgotten my real name um (laughs) he works around the corner at a vintage store that I go into sometimes or would go into and for a while after that, he'd be like, hey, Lancelot. And I was like, I know this is just because you forgot my name, but I will take it. I'll take it. That's fine. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, I kind of wish something that would happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking with a, a, I think I was talking with another guest, Delia, about names and how I don't care very much about Jen one way or the other. It's mm-hmm. just a thing that my parents slapped on me and I've been using for 43 years I would love it if somebody saw me in something that I felt really amazing about and just decided to call me by that name that'd be great yeah <laughs> it was like there was also one time um because he apparently just lives right down the street from me and so we would sometimes be on the same train home and there was one day like around maybe last November or something and I'm just like walking to Mariano's I've got my headphones in and I'm hearing like somebody calling I'm like what and they're like Lancelot Lancelot I'm like hello and it was him but it's okay like I was like on okay. the train Lancelot I will be that yes <laughs> I bet the I wonder what the rest of the passengers were thinking this is on the train or just off of it we were just off the train so this huge crowd of people like all walking right off the train and I hear this and I'm like what at some guy yelling Lancelot yeah <laughs> and I turn around like hi but yeah it was <laughs> I think that's so delightful. <laughs> I'm just imagining all these people going, what? What just oh, happened? Did we, who's, who's called Lancelot? <laughs> or I, I have, I have having a fantasy now where one of them suddenly in their mind is transported back to Arthurian days and is walking down the streets of Chicago, but in their mind is actually like in full medieval garb whatever that means. Feel the fantasy. I love it. Feel the fantasy. (laughs) 
Oh, so you've talked um, a bit about like kind of little odd hobbies that you've been picking up mm-hmm. during quarantine. Um, if you could spend one day doing anything you wanted, what would you do? Well, if we're talking like pre-quarantine, because the real answer is I would spend it with a lot of people. <laughs> I would spend yeah, it that's people. fair. Um, like I, I loved those days where it would be like in the morning, you've got, you know, you go out and get coffee and there's like a rehearsal for something in the morning, but you know, there's like a big event that night with your friends. And so you're going to go home and maybe like chill out for a little bit, but then you get to like get ready and hang out with your friends and go somewhere. So that would be my ideal day, but you are an extrovert. Yes, I am. (laughs) Uh, Also, I miss that. I'm not an extrovert and I would like to do that too. Yes. A lot of my my very close friends are are mostly introverts, and so like being a part of like the friend group is very funny sometimes because I'm like, ah, oh, let's do this or that, and they're like, okay, sure, we'll go out with you. I get, yeah, we'll go. We can go out. We'll go out. We one. can do that. Yeah, it takes it takes a little pulling, but I usually can get them. Can you get them same day, or do you have to like? Oh no, scheduled far in yeah, advance. No, yeah, yes. Far in <laughs> That's me too. Same day, oh, I'm like, yeah. Mm, no. Yeah. Even if I want to do it, I'm like, uh, no, that feels too soon, too sudden. <laughs> um, okay, so. Oh, sorry. If, if we're not in COVID, I mean, if we're still in quarantine. Oh, then let's see. I I have a little morning routine that I've like started doing that I really like, where I have this sort of like random like 300 writing prompts journal. So I'll get up and I'll just do one of those. Some of them are like a full page, but most of them are like half a page. It's just like random things. Sometimes it's like, oh, create a story where this happens. Or sometimes it's like, uh, in what way are you selfish? Just like random things that are sometimes very like a heavy journal. And sometimes they're just like a little fun thing to do. But I usually do that. And then I do a tarot poll for the day of like, uh, I don't know what energy for the day or like what to keep in mind for the day. And I'll like, I have a different journal then where I'll like write down the card and write down like the aspects of it. Um, and then I just like, I like to go out and go for a nice walk. Um, there's this, I go to Graceland Cemetery like a lot. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful over there. And there's just like, um, I've had this book since I was like in high school and it's called Weird Illinois. And it talks about all these like, you know, paranormal spots or urban legends around the city and the state. And there's actually like a huge part about Graceland. And I never knew that that's like until recently, like I was, there's this one monument that I was very obsessed with in high school. And I went to Graceland like earlier and I realized it was right there. I was like, oh, oh my gosh. So now I go back there all the time. Wait, um, what, what is special about this monument? Um, it's very intimidating. It's called mm-hmm. Eternal Silence. And it's a monument of like a large cloaked figure kind of like with his, um, you can only see his eyes. There's like an arm above the face and kind of covering. And because of the material, it's like all green, um, except for inside there's like the hood is covering the eyes. So it's like very dark and imposing. And it's got all this like lore about it. And I've just been obsessed with this monument. I thought it was so cool and so scary. And then I walked in and I was like, it's, it's like pretty close to the front gates. So I walked in one day, not knowing, and I came upon it and I was like, oh my gosh, it's you. Um, but I've been a fan for so long. <laughs> like, oh God, it's really here. Um, I follow but, your Insta. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I, I, I go there. I like to read. There's like this really beautiful pond. Um, mm-hmm. I like to read over there or just like, there's this really nice street that's near it. That's got all these like huge houses with like beautiful architecture and landscaping. And I like to just walk along that street. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I have a, a lot of my friends are introverts, but I do have my, my best friend from like childhood. He is just about as extroverted as me. So he is one person that does not mind when I FaceTime him whenever. So sometimes we'll spend a while just, just chatting. He lives in New York, mm-hmm. so we see each other a ton. Um, so like, as of lately, we've seen each other way more. Cause we both are just like, okay, Hey, what's up. Um, 
but yeah, I'll, if I'm feeling particularly social, I like to FaceTime people or, you know, try to go sit in a park with somebody. Um, but yeah. And then I've just been like trying to listen to new music or watch new movies, like things that I normally wouldn't have the time to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like little fun ways to get through the day is, is how I would, how I would do it. Um, but I also have been super into like redecorating our apartment. Mm-hmm. We got into it this summer when my roommate is a teacher. So she was on summer break and we got really into it. And then it just kind of halted once the school year stopped. But she's like, listen, I know that you really like this stuff. So if you wanted to just do it without me, that's fine. And I was like, oh, yes. <gasps> so I just repainted the living room and we moved some stuff around. Um, I painted my room at one point. Uh, now we're working on the dining room. So I'd probably also spend the day looking for cool things to put in our apartment and painting the apartment and moving it around. <laughs> nice. Um, my, my other, my work, what I do for work, coined a, fra- a term for that. Oh, we're calling it hibernesting. Yes. Yes. I love that. Where we're all kind of stuck inside. It's almost like a forced hibernation. And mm-hmm. so we're all nesting a little bit. And the, the data, the data shows that you are not alone. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I even, there was a, a while, um, my parents were like, they live in the suburbs and so super easy to get there, but they, uh, my mom kept talking about how much she wanted to redo her bathroom. And I was like, I will come home and I will redo the bathroom. She was like, okay. So there was a weekend, maybe a few months ago where I came home, repainted, did all the cabinets. I like added new stuff to the, um, the countertops, I like added new hardware and that she was just like, just loved it. And so like, she's like, if you ever want to just come home and try to help us make the other rooms of the house nice. So I was like, ah, yeah, I could probably do that. I would do that. Sure. <laughs> and thus begins another career as a, an interior designer. Yeah. You know, it was, that was something I was really into as a kid, just like by my parents' frustration, they'd come home and the living room would be like arranged differently. And I had like done something new with the art and they're like, uh, okay, I guess this is going to go, be how it is for a little while. That would, that would not be okay with me. No, I don't like, know why please. they let me get with it. <laughs> I rearranged my room back in like May Mm-hmm. for the first time in five years and for the for a week didn't sleep because yeah. the energy had changed and I was like I'm gonna be let my liter- lizard brain thought I was gonna be attacked in my bed because everything was different I totally and, feel like at, lots of people around me love making changes mm-hmm. to like my mom does my girlfriend does they're all like let's let's just change things up because we're bored I'm like what are you doing <laughs> Um, yeah, I love I, it though. I mean, I, I love it for other people. I, well, there was one time it was when I was living in Madison and my room uh, in that apartment was very small and there was really only one way that the furniture I had could be arranged. Mm-hmm. There was something I was like, Oh, I'm going to change it. And I changed it up and I swear I had like the worst week ever. And I was like, no, 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 no. And I immediately put the room back to the way that it was. I was like, something about this has is off. Um, so I am very cautious, but sometimes it's, <laughs> uh, what do you think it was like feng shui? Perhaps. I don't, know. I don't the, know. I think, I think what really happened is that Stevie's litter box, my cat used to be in like the corner and then I had mm-hmm. to move. And then I had like a nightstand somewhere near where she was. And there was like a scarf draped over it. And then she pulled the scarf off and like this bowl that I had shattered and that was like the day after I had uh, moved it. And just from then on, it was just sort of like off. And then I was like, yeah, I think it, I might just need to go back to the way that it was. The room does not want to be this way, apparently. No, we'll just... Either the room or the cat, but both of them have to exist. So I'm just going to put it back to the way it was. I will bend to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I've now been, we've now been talking for about an hour. And I've been recording actually for about, 50 minutes. I just started recording yeah. somewhere when you were talking about being a legal assistant. So I was like, this conversation is too good. And I'm wasting so much of it <laughs> by not recording it. And usually I do. I, 
I um, spend a few minutes just chatting with guests to kind of get the rhythms and get people loosened up. But you didn't need any of that. You're just like, here I am. Let's go. Yeah, I, I haven't like, spoken to anyone all day. And so this is so this is something that happens in like regular times where like I would be at work all day and then I'd go somewhere and talk to people and be like, whoa, uh, <laughs> I hadn't spoken all day. So that's sort of a, this situation of like, oh, I was just sort of sitting in my room quietly all day. And then like, oh, a person. <laughs> Yay. Yay. So, um, but what, I, what I'm, what I'm so in, not in, yes, interested, but also excited by in just in general, we've talked about like what a positive person you are generally mm-hmm. and like e- excited and, and joyful and glad to see the world. And yes, and you're like interested in things. And uh, that is my favorite thing in the whole world <laughs> is people who are interested and curious and engaged. Have you always been that way? Like pretty much yeah. as far as you can remember? Yeah. Pretty much. And I, I, it's like we talked about earlier, like I definitely have like a tendency towards like excitement and, you know, kind of over the topness. There was a point at some point in my life early on where that turned into then like, okay, well, I'm naturally like this. So people kind of expect this of me. So I kind of have to do it all the time, which is something I have learned, am learning to not do. But, but for the most part, I am pretty much just like a just kind of happy to be here kind of person. Because mm-hmm. um, there are so many things that I do that I, I just like, sometimes will just take a step back and be like, oh, you're, uh, you know, headlining a burlesque show. Like, who gets to do that? That's cool. Like, appreciate how cool that is. Or like, I don't know, I'm going to sit here and look like um, a 90s vampire. That's cool. Like, <laughs> I did that. Like, that's really, that's fun. I, I didn't think I would do this. So I'm going to, I have this opportunity. I'm just going to do it. <laughs> I, I think that, I mean, I think that we are very different, but I think we share this, that I, I'm, this is what I want to do too. I want to see something that looks interesting and sparkly and what is that? And I want to go toward it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, That's actually partially how all of this came about. Just saying yes to, Ooh, some, something just happened. Let's go find out what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And just like, um, I don't know, just, oh, bless you. My cat sneezed. <laughs> that was adorable. She's got a little cold, but she's okay. But um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, I don't know. Just, just like, there's also, there was also a point probably like around like middle school, high school, like when you're supposed to like not care and like not be into yeah. stuff um, <laughs> where I definitely got a lot of like flack <laughs> for being like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's definitely a part of me that does like try to shut it down or like then later I'll be like out, I will have been like out and about and have been like excited about something. And then later that day I'm with my own thoughts and it's like, oh, yikes. Like you shouldn't have been like that. But as I'm like, no, this is just kind of how I am. This is just my natural state. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like it's actually more harmful to kind of try to quiet the way that you actually are. Yeah. Um, And so I've just been like, well, yes, maybe I am a little much, but this is what it is. So I am going to just keep being it. I don't think it's much at all. I love it. <laughs> I appreciate that. I but kind of, I kind of want to spend a day where we like get pancakes in the morning and just see where the day takes us and follow everything that's shiny and weird. And I love that. Oh, look, there are Halloween lights over here all lit up. Let's yes. go look at that. that. That's basically what every, whenever I like go take a walk somewhere, like go to, well, mostly Trader Joe's where I take my long walks to. Um, I will like, I take a different, I try to take a different way every time, especially now because it's like, Ooh, let's go look on this street because I bet there's some cool Halloween decorations up over there that I would like to enjoy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so goes out. Um, but yeah, this is like coming to terms with the fact that this is actually just kind of how I am has been very freeing. It's like, yeah. well, I'm just going to be this. So Okay. So what's amazing is that most people don't come to that until like they're in their mid thirties or even their forties. Mm-hmm. So great. Kudos <laughs> to you. I'm so excited for you. Um, 
tell me about a moment of beauty that actually stopped you. Oh, that smile. I wish you could have seen that. There was this, she, uh, Beck was very serious for a moment, like listening to the question. And then I said the word beauty that stopped you, that phrase. And they just went, oh, and the smile. So tell me about it. Oh my gosh. I, when I read this question, I had to think for a minute, but then it just like came to me. So it was, uh, it was last June, it was 2019. And I was going to see Hozier in concert. And first of all, like any concert is like very much a a big experience for me, like rock concerts, especially um, because I am like always listening to music and I have all these artists that are like my favorites. And when I go to concerts, I love to like wait outside forever so I can get right up to the front and like watch these people that I love just perform and like really experience it. And like, I feel like when you watch them up close, like all these songs, you know, suddenly become so much more personal. So we go to see Hozier, who is like probably my favorite artist of all time. Um, And we were very close to the stage and the whole concert was incredible, but there was this moment where he, um, there's this one song, it's called From Eden, and it's already a favorite of mine. And it's kind of like um, a little up-tempo, like kind of bluesy, just like a good vibe music. And like the imagery is beautiful. And he starts playing this song. And I'm like, I, it took me a minute to recognize it because he was, it was like a slowed down kind of stripped version of this song. And it was like the most gorgeous thing I'd ever heard. I like didn't, and the people I was with, um, it was uh, my ex partner I was with and she's standing next to me and she realized what song it was before I did. She knew how much I loved. And like, I realized and just sort of like, I didn't know what to do. I think I was just standing there kind of like hugging myself. Um, And then he played that song into the song Strike which is very um, kind of like Irish folk songy, like acoustic guitar, like gorgeous melody. Then he went right into uh, another favorite song, Wasteland Baby, which is like, he calls it a love song for the end of the world, another favorite. But he did those three songs right into each other. No, no, uh, no stopping in between. And I just stood and couldn't even believe that it was happening. Like it just, it, it was so beautiful that I like, kind of barely remember it because I was just like standing there so close, like watching this, like he's like six foot five and he's just standing there and like singing and playing. And it's just, you can just see his face and see the way that his hands are playing the guitar. And I just couldn't even deal. That whole concert really was like out of this world. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we actually got to meet him after the show. Oh, really? <laughs> there Somebody got a picture of me like talking to him and I was holding uh, like whatever it was that I had him sign. And my face literally looks like, I don't know, I'm like looking into heaven. I'm like, just completely <laughs> unprompted, eyes wide, like the biggest smile, just looking up at this like very tall man who had just like, it was wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> that is gorgeous. Yeah. Oh. I just, Moments like that are just transcendent. They take you someplace else, mm-hmm. pull you right out of yourself, and yeah, yeah. And oh, then I'm, I'm missing live things now. I miss them oh so much. I was supposed to. Oh, this is going to be a moment when it inevitably, hopefully, happens. So, My Chemical Romance is another one of my favorite bands. They broke up like in 2012, I think, and last Halloween. Halloween 2019, they announced after like seven years, they were like, we're back together. We're doing more shows. I'd never seen them live. Um, so I was like in middle school when I was listening to them. And so they're coming to Riot Fest. They were coming to Riot Fest this year. Bought tickets immediately. Didn't happen. But whenever that concert happens, I I, I already kind of fully expect to like leave my body. Because um, that's, a, that's a concert like 15 or so years in the making that I've been wanting mm-hmm. to. Oh, I, I hope it happens I, for you. I want that for you. <laughs> I miss live music so much. I miss live theater. That which, is, too. which is odd because I have, I don't go to a lot of theater anymore. Mm-hmm. I used to. And um, I don't know, it kind of got weird for me. And so I stopped going to see things. 
But yeah. I'm remembering the last couple of shows I saw, one of which was just, uh, I, 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 I'm doing this because I, I, I've talked about it so much and I can't, I still can't find the words. It was so beautiful. What was it? Um, it was at Victory Gardens. Indecent. I did not see it, but it was amazing. Something like I, I kept seeing the posters on buses go by and I kept thinking, I need to go see this. I need, I'm not going to go see this. I'm not going to go see this. I, I don't, I don't have the time. I don't see theater anymore. I need to go see this. And I went the very last, I think it was the very last performance. Oh my gosh. And it was so beautiful. Yeah. Just like, it was so beautiful that, um, I mean, they got a standing ovation, obviously, but I was weeping. The woman next to me was weeping. We were both there by ourselves. And um, after it was over, I turned to her and I said, thank you for sharing that with me. She's like, no, yeah. thank you. Thank you for sharing that with me. I love that. Stunning, just stunning and um, sad and uplifting and, oh, it was glorious. It was glorious. That's like the thing that I miss the most about like live music, live theater, um, especially like uh, I feel like live concerts because you're like standing next to people and stuff. Mm -hmm. You are fully having this like emotional experience with these like strangers sometimes. I like to go to shows alone. So usually it's strangers. But Mm -hmm. um, if it's with like the other people that you're with, it's just like it just feels so we're all just like we're all in this together and we're all just like viewing this. We're all feeling this. And it's just like, yep, I'm sobbing openly right here. And you are too. So are you. But cool. We're doing this together. It's, it's one of the the few times that we are like completely, we're having a complete emotional experience and a spiritual experience and an embodied experience. So all the things are happening all at once. Yes. Yes. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Mm. Last question. Okay. Tell me about the picture you sent me. Oh. Um, so, so, well, before I do that, sorry. Uh, um, in case this is your first time listening, I always ask my guests to send me a picture that they have taken themselves of something that is beautiful or true or beautiful and true to them. Um, and uh, there's a collection of pictures that you can find on the Instagram account. And it's just a stunning variety of images. And it, I, I just love it. So tell me about yours. So um, the picture is taken at Starved Rock. It was... I thought couple, it was Starved Rock. It, I hadn't been there since I was maybe like 18. So it was, it had been a really long time. And um, I think it was at the end of September that we were there. I was going through this like really, really intense kind of month of anxiety. And I kept kind of joking with my roommate about like, oh, wouldn't it be fun if we just like picked up and like went in a cabin or something, blah, blah, blah. So I was going through this like really, really intense stuff. And she was like, you know, I have a three day weekend from school. What if we just rented a little Airbnb went to Starved Rock and like hiked and just got outside and we just sort of like did our lives, but we just go somewhere else for a few days just to like get out. And so I was like, yeah, that sounds great. So we spent the whole morning hiking Starved Rock. We got there really early, which was great. We beat like a lot of the people and there are these huge canyons. Um, And so the picture I took is of one of them and we kind of walked into it uh, like after I took that picture, but we were just out and there was no one around and it was so still and so quiet, like so quiet. And it was just like, unlike any kind of silence I'd heard before, I'm always like really looking for like a stillness. And I was just sitting there kind of where that picture is taken. I was standing in that little Canyon and just like, it just felt so, it was beautiful and it was true. It also reminded me of this lyric um, from a Florence and the Machine song um, where she says, I don't know anything except that green is so green. Mm. And I was sitting there like looking at all of this around me and it was like, 
I don't know my anxiety anymore. I don't feel anything. All I know is that this green is so green and I feel so peaceful and it just, it like the, all of that that I was feeling for at least a few minutes was just completely gone. And I was like, I am just here vibing with the earth and I'm going to be okay right now. And it was just like such a moment that I really needed and I captured and still feels really nice to think about. I want to thank Beck for such a great conversation. Life is good, even when it's hard. And the world is fascinating, even when it's smaller than we're used to. I'm so very grateful for that reminder, especially right now. You can follow Beck's alter ego, Bernadette Peepers, on Instagram. Bernadette is at Bernadette underscore Peepers. Peepers like your eyes, P-E-E-P-E-R-S. And you definitely should go check it out. The tagline is your one-stop shop for good old-fashioned musical theater buffoonery. And that's exactly what it is. So go check out Miss Bernadette Peepers. As always, thank you for listening. And if you like what you hear, find us on iTunes and subscribe. If you really like what you hear, give us five stars. You can search on iTunes for The Beautiful and True Project. And if you really, really like what you hear, please tell a friend about us. I hope that listening inspires you to focus on the beautiful and true in your own life. We'll talk again next Sunday. Have a great week.